the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Well, we've been going a long time on our series, and tonight we bring you part 15 in our series on the doctrine of the Trinity. This essential doctrine of the Christian faith is one of the most controversial teachings in the Bible. The doctrine of the Trinity has been misunderstood. It's been maligned, attacked, denied, eisegeted throughout history, going all the way back to the Arian heresy under Arius Alexander. But the big question is, why is there so much biblical illiteracy when it comes to this doctrine, particularly, particularly in our churches? And what can we do to disciple people in this essential teaching. Well, for the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and uh, thank you so much for that introduction, and we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know, we truly know, that you're going to be blessed by the Word of God tonight. So we want to encourage you to get your Bibles, get your pens, get your paper, uh, get uh, to a table, and uh, take some notes from the hey, Word of Frederick, God. How you doing, man? We just praise the Lord for this and all the goodness and mercy that He shows us every weekend on contending yeah, for the faith right and the way He's reaching people for his glory and his praise. Uh So uh, we want to kick this uh, next section off uh, by just a means of review, talking about the if proposition supporting uh, the Trinity is based upon the book that uh, we had uh, uh, wrote. And this book is... uh, is a powerful book that I wrote on the if proposition supporting right. okay. the Trinity. Thanks. Thanks. And good. so we want to just uh, build on that and say that, uh, you know, we've covered so far, uh, if it can be shown that there is one God, and we have demonstrated that in terms of its nature, essence, and being. And then we've demonstrated, if it can be shown, that this one God is called Father, and we have demonstrated that from a biblical perspective. And then we've also shown, if it can be shown, that the Son is called God from a biblical perspective. And we have shown that as well. 
And uh, tonight we're going to continue our next uh, thing on the Holy Spirit, uh, talking about if it can be shown if the Holy Spirit is indeed called God. Well, it hasn't been completely shown, and so we need to deal with this a little bit more. So let's continue to learn from a biblical perspective that the Holy Spirit is indeed called God uh, from the Word of God. Now, we learned last time uh, that uh, the Holy Spirit is called God. Uh, it is very clear that he's called God in John 4 and 24. It says, God is spirit. Now, that's very clear, isn't it? God is spirit. Now, anytime somebody says, well, where in the Bible does it say that the Holy Spirit is God? Well, it's right there. John 4 and 24. God is spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And we know that the only person we are to worship is God and God alone. And we learned that about the Holy Spirit. Two emphasis on this verse of Scripture that the Holy Spirit, we're going to get into that in a few minutes, but that uh, the Holy Spirit is indeed God from John 4 and 24. God is Spirit. And we're going to get into this in a deeper level with another Scripture tonight. And we want to call your attention tonight to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17. Uh, turn to that in your Bibles, and let's look at this passage of Scripture that teaches on the deity of the Holy Spirit, that he is indeed called God. So uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17, it says, Now the Lord... Underline the word Lord. Take note of the word Lord. Is that spirit? And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Uh, that's a powerful verse of scripture right there in 2 Corinthians 3 and 17. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I want you to notice right at the top of this verse how many times the word Lord is mentioned? And how many times the word Spirit is mentioned? In 2 Corinthians 3 and 17, the word Lord in this verse of Scripture is mentioned two times. And the word Spirit is mentioned two times. And uh, both words are referring to the deity of the Holy Spirit. Both words are referring to the deity of the Holy Spirit. Deity means he's God. So in 2 Corinthians 3 and 17 says, the Lord is the Spirit. Now, the same Greek word here for Lord is the Spirit refers to Yahweh. Now, make a note of that. The word Lord here in Greek refers to Yahweh, Y-A-H-W-E-H, -E Yahweh, Lord of the Old Testament. And the same Lord who is saving people in the New Testament covenant through the agency of the Holy Spirit. He is the same God that the 
that ministered both in the Old and New Testament covenant. Now, let me demonstrate. Now, let me demonstrate something else to you that is very powerful from the Word of God in relationship to this word. Yahweh is Lord. Hang tight, and we'll get to you once. Yahweh is Lord. Start taking questions. Now, in Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Deuteronomy 6 and 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Now, that's what it says in Deuteronomy 6 and 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That's what it says. Deuteronomy 6 and 4 refers to the Father, God, as one Lord. Now, that word one Lord is referring to Yahweh again. Then in John 20, 28 and 29, in verse 28, the Son is called Lord God. Now, a doubting Thomas, after he saw the risen Lord, he cried out in worship and adoration to him by saying, and Thomas answered and said unto him, Okuyosmo keotheosmo, my Lord, the Lord of me, the very God of me. And Jesus validates and confirms Thomas calling him Lord and God in John 20 and 29. And uh, Jesus said, because you've seen me, you believe. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Now, this is so powerful. Thomas quotes from Psalm 7 and 1. Uh, Psalm 7 and 1, where David cries out, to God, and he says, O Lord, my God. So that's where Thomas is quoting from in relationship to Jesus. He's calling Jesus Yahweh, Lord, God. The same word that's in 2 Corinthians 3. And uh, so powerful. Now, uh, Jesus tells Thomas uh, that blessed are they that have not seen, and yet I believe. Now, it's a blessing for those who have not seen him and not believe that he's uh, Lord God. And when you believe it, there's a blessing. Now, this is an important point to all those in cults and false religions. You can't be blessed and wild with that false teachings and cults and false religions. He said, blessed are the day that have believed. You know, blessed are those who have believed and not seen. Jesus called Lord and God. And lastly, in 2 Corinthians 3 and 17, the Holy Spirit is called Lord. And another name for Lord in the Old Testament, New Testament, is Yahweh God. That's very important. Now, to put a closing cap on all of this, turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 5 through 6. Verse 5 in Ephesians chapter 4 in verses 5 and through 6. Verse 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Let's say two or three lords, one Yahweh. That's referring to the Father, Son, Holy Spirit as one. And then Ephesians 4 and 6, one God, and the Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. Now, this is a scripture that's referring to the Trinity, because it says the Father of all, that's the Father, who is above all, that's the Father, and through all, that's the Son, 
and in you all, that's the Holy Spirit, right in the context of one Lord. Now, let me say this in conclusion. Look back again at 2 Corinthians 3 and 17. 2 Corinthians 3 and 17. The Holy Spirit is not only called Lord, which means God, but he's also uh, has a ministry of liberty. Now, now, when you read the full verse of scripture, it says that the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit brings liberty. That is good news. Praise the Lord. Holy Spirit has a ministry of liberty. In God, the Holy Spirit, how does he have this ministry of liberty? He convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment, and comes, and this brings about and comes a ministry of liberty. Question, what is that ministry of liberty? What is it? What is it that he's talking about? Well, the answer to that is freedom. The Holy Spirit, when he convicts a person of sin, righteousness, and judgment, as it says in the Gospel of John, he brings freedom from, uh, you know, those who are in bondage, and that's what happened in the early church, in the church of Corinth. He brought freedom to them because they were under the demands of the law as a means of earning righteousness. The Holy Spirit, he brought freedom. He brought them out of the bondage of that. Now, the Holy Spirit has a ministry of liberty. How many times do you hear people preach on that in churches? That's a title right there, a sermon title, the ministry of liberty. Talk about the Holy Spirit. He made people free then with freedom. And that's what America needs to be all about. Not a communistic socialist place. It needs to be a place of freedom, especially in the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a lot of people control and under the dominion and of Satan. But when you confess your sins, that's what I'm asking you to do tonight. Confess your sins. Repent of your sins. Surrender to Christ tonight. And the Holy Spirit will take resident and become president in your life. And he will give you the ministry of liberty in the spirit. And, and he will make you free from uh, the dominion of the devil, the flesh, and the world. Make you free in the ministry of liberty in the spirit. From addiction, drugs, alcohol, sex, pornography, anger, hate, religion, cults, gambling, all sorts of wrong association. Confess right now and repent. Say this with me. Lord, I confess my sins. I have not been walking in the ministry of liberty, and I repent of my sins, and I surrender to you right now as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, we say this in his name. Amen. Brother Gary. Well, all right. It's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We always like to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith these many years. It's so important that you're consistent in your prayers because this is truly a prayer 
driven ministry. We know that without your prayers, uh, there's no way we could have been on, on the air as long as we have. And also, this is a listener-supported ministry, and many of you have stepped up to the plate time and time again to support this ministry. You've knocked many a home run for contending for the faith, and right now we are in the black, totally caught up, and we can't thank you enough for your continuous prayers and your continuous financial support. So we just want to encourage you, continue to pray, and continue to be a blessing and partner with us financially in this ministry. There's two ways that you can donate. Uh, you can send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Uh, that's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much simpler. Just go online to Contending faith.org that's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button it's that simple and you will be a blessing for time and eternity and we will we can't thank you enough for your continuous prayers and your consistent giving it's so vital it's so important and uh, we just want to encourage you that when you give you will be blessed and we thank you for your prayers and you know we always ask uh, at the end of the broadcast to send us a note of encouragement. And, and we've got a couple of notes. Uh, did you want to go through those notes right now, Dr. Buckner? You know what? Yeah, let's, let's do give the uh, note of... Uh, with the question? Yeah, with the, we'll get to the question. The first one is still with the uh, Tim, I believe it was uh, Tim, who okay. uh, said something very nice, and then we'll get to the question with Sandy, and then we'll get to our questions on the uh, computer okay well this is from uh, brother tim it says last week's teaching from john uh, luke and hebrews regarding the worship of the holy spirit um let's see it says as god that he is also uh of the godhead was worth the check alone. I guess he had closed the check. <laughs> uh, boy. It was a blessing, too. It's, it's hard for us uh, humans to conceive or imagine worshiping uh, the invisible presence of the Holy Spirit as it is as easy to relate to uh, the Father or the Son as God. But nevertheless, uh, we can see and feel the power of God's Holy Spirit. And he says, God bless you, brothers. Tim. Hey, Amen. What a beautiful letter and of encouragement, along with the financial gift. And there's people like uh, Tim and, and all of you that support the ministry that helps to keep us on the air and keep us encouraged because we need those encouraging uh, letters. So thank you, Tim, so much. And then we'll get to uh, Sandy. Let's get to her question. It says, Dear Dr. Buckner, I'm writing with a question. Brother Rick inspired me to read Daniel 11:37, And after reading it and meditating, I was wondering if the Antichrist would come out of the Catholic Church, especially a priest or a pope who really doesn't believe in the God of his fathers or regard the desire of of women since they are celibate. What do you think? 
Well, I tell you, uh, that's a very good question. And uh, we just uh, love it when people uh, get uh, hungry for the word and get hungry for uh, studying as well uh, the word of God. And we're glad that our program in the spirit is getting people to that place where they're wanting to get deeper in the word of God. Let me just say this. Let me just say this. Uh, what are you going to say, Gary? Well, then she she says, what do you think? And then contending with the faith inspires me so much to dig into the word, Sandy. Amen. Amen. Right. What a wonderful letter. And thank you also, Sandy, for your support as well. Well, let me just say this in a nutshell regarding uh, the uh, coming of the Antichrist. There's so many people. Uh, the theologians and scholars that have different positions on what they believe towards, uh, uh, you know, Daniel 11 and verse 37. Uh, some do say that this is uh, a pope or a priest. And then there's others who say, uh, give other interpretations. Uh, but I believe that the context, it warrants us to look at this on a deeper level. I believe that the if you do any study on uh, past history, and I think Winston Churchill hit it on the nose when he said, he that doesn't know the past is destined to repeat it, and I go a step further, destined to repeat it ignorantly, uh, is that uh, this whole idea of the popes and priests being uh, the Antichrist came out of the amillennialist view, and the amillennialist view uh, sees things from the perspective that most of the New Testament was fulfilled. Not all of it, but uh, be, but most, a lot of it was fulfilled in 70 AD when Titus came in and uh, destroyed the temple. Uh, you know, so uh, they say, the Amalina say that in the future that the Rome is actually uh, the uh, Antichrist and that there will not be a future Antichrist per se, but pretty much right now the Catholic Church and and the uh, you know leaders in it is pretty much represents the Antichrist. I don't believe that it to be true from a biblical perspective because I believe that there will be a man coming possessed fully of Satan and this individual will make a pope and a priest look like a uh, little some candy in a cracker jack box. I mean, that's how dangerous he will be. <clears throat> but when it says that neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, I believe that that's referring to uh, the tradition of the Jewish worship and their practices. And then to put him in the context of neither regarding uh, the uh, the God of his uh, of his fathers. That seems to me to put him in the category of being a Jew as well. And also you got to remember that they're not going to let any Gentile sit in that temple. He's going to have to be Jewish. And then another thing is he's going to be imitating everything that Jesus did. So uh, we see this in, in, in throughout not only history that people always try to imitate Christ, but we see that this guy, the man of sin, the son of perdition, will imitate everything that Jesus, even in Revelation chapter 13, uh, when he, uh, you know, uh, gets uh, wounded as unto death, 
he's mocking the resurrection, trying to act like he died and came back alive. But also, it talks about the abomination desolation, where he sits in the temple. Uh, and Second Thessalonians chapter 2 talks about how he goes in the temple there and blasphemes it as well. So just the fact that he goes into the temple, uh, they're not going to let a non-Jew go there, not a Gentile. It will be a, a Jew. And then anybody on the scene today, even people that were wicked in the past, Jim Jones and even Hitler and all them, he's going to make them look like they don't know what they're doing. And even the Pope and the priest and stuff like that, most of the priests and stuff like that today, they believe least in the Trinity, uh, even though they got a lot of tradition, but priests uh, and, and popes, they believe in the Trinity. The Antichrist is not going to believe in any of that. Anything that has to do with Christianity, he's going to denounce it. So anyway, uh, there's a lot more to learn about this, but I tried to just break it down in a nutshell to try to help uh, you with that. Hopefully that's given a little insight. All right, Gary, let's get to our next uh, uh, call, call in the question. Who do we have? All next? right. Our first caller of the night is Brother Rick. He's been patiently waiting. Brother Rick, how are you doing? Yeah, I enjoyed hearing what you had to say about the Antichrist. And Amen. I got a question tonight. And the question relates to, in, in the New Testament, we notice that Paul always uh, emphasizes emphasizes justification and grace. When he when he shares the message on the, when he shares the message, when Jesus ministered, that was never mentioned. And why is that? Oh, that's a good question. And even some people will mention the word grace, but they'll also mention the word uh, justification with that. That Jesus didn't teach uh, on grace or justification. That's what they'll try to say. Uh, those who would try to say there's a alleged discrepancy between the writings of Paul and, and Jesus, uh, or Jesus and Paul. Well, let me just say this in a nutshell, that uh, Jesus um, uh, is the epitome of grace. Uh, and it talks about that in John uh, chapter 1 and verse 14. It talks about, uh, you know, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus being full of grace and truth, he didn't really need to have to go around teaching on grace. He was grace. And anytime he dealt with people and gave them favor, uh, that was grace. Uh, and uh, he brought that to everybody. And even uh, when he was uh mentioned to him over and over that he will find favor with God and that's grace so the word favor is mentioned even though the word grace is is not mentioned so much in terms of Jesus himself just the word favor over and over being mentioned in the association of Jesus is him actually teaching and and displaying uh, grace now when you think about this uh, it's an oxymoron because in the Old Testament, um, you don't have the word grace a lot there, but look at uh, Noah. Uh, you know, 
it says, I believe in Genesis 6 and 8, that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. That was grace. All of the people before the law, uh, you know, we're talking about from Adam all the way up to time of Moses, all of those people found grace. And even in the law, uh, the, the thing that helped them was grace uh, over the law. And that's why uh, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 4 and verses 1 through 6, he talks about the fact that, you know, we're not saved by works, but by, you know, God's grace through faith. And so, but when someone tries to say that, um, you know, what about grace? Well, you think about uh, an interesting story and you think about grace and justification or Jesus never using the word justification. Well, you go to Luke chapter 18 and verse 14, and uh, when you go there, you find that um, Jesus, uh, you know, dealt with a uh, publican man, and he literally uh, talked to that man, uh, and uh, when he healed him in the temple, and he said, God be merciful to me, a sinner, that's what the man said, and this, the text says in Luke 18 and 14, that um, that Jesus said unto him, I tell you, this man went home to his house justified. Jesus uses mm -hmm. the word justified there. He uses it. So did someone ever say Jesus never used the word justi justified, which is another word for grace and favor, you know, being justified in grace. That's, that's it right there, Luke 18 and 14. And then look at the thief on the cross. He found grace. Knew nothing about it, but that was grace. Look at all the people during the time of Nineveh. They didn't know nothing about the law, but when they repented, they found grace and justification. So anyway, hopefully that helps out and gives some insight to your question. And then we want to get your prayer request as well. We got about a minute. Just continue to pray for my health right now. All righty. Well, let's have Brother Gary to pray for that right now. And Brother All Gary. right. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you for Brother Rick. We pray, Lord God, that you touch him, that you are the great physician and you never lose a case. And we know that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. So we, we just pray for our brother right now for his health that you, Lord God, would restore him, strengthen him, and encourage him even now, Lord God. Touch him from the crown of his head to the bottom of his soul, Lord God, that you, Lord God, would just have your way, Lord God. You created him. You wrote the DNA code in his body. You know every cell and how it's supposed to work. And so, Lord God, we know that you can, you're the one that can, can heal and touch. And so we thank you and praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, it is time for us to take another commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, 
Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. And we just want to thank all of you who have continuously been in prayer for our ministry and those of you who have partnered with us financially over the years. We can't thank you enough. We just rejoice that we are caught up this week and we want to stay caught up. And so we just encourage you to continue to pray and be consistent in your giving. There's two ways to donate. Uh, the first way is uh, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. So let's get back to the caller. We've got them stacked up pretty heavy here, so we want to give them as much time as we can. Are you ready to go, Dr. Buckner? Let's do that, Brother Gary. All right. We're going to William. William, are you there? Yes, I am. How y'all doing tonight? We are truly blessed, Brother William. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm truly blessed. Listening to the show, finally, um, not on the podcast, but live, and and I said, let me get through to Dr. Buckley because I had an interesting uh, conversation um, with a brother, and he's saying that you can lose your salvation. And I told him, no, the, the, the Word of God doesn't teach that. Um, I want, I have him listening to the show now, so I was just going to ask you, just can you explain it to him? Because I, I, I sent him verses like John uh, 10, 28 through 29, and he still didn't really understand it. I said, well, what did you think about when Jesus said that it is finished? Uh, that didn't resonate. And I said, do you think Jesus is going to come back and die again for us? So I said, I said no, I have, a, I have a person you should listen to. So he, he is listening through the radio right now. Well, very good. Very good. Appreciate that, uh, Brother William. It was your friend. And we just... Uh... Uh, appreciate also your ongoing support for the ministry as well. Well, let me just say that uh, this, that there are some that believe that uh, you can lose your salvation. Um, and uh, But I believe that from a biblical standpoint, when you have been uh, truly born again, you don't get unborn. Uh, just like you're born into the world and you don't get unborn, but when you get spiritually born again, you don't get unspiritually born again, you know. And then I think the other thing that's very important for us to understand is that there's only one type of life that God gives us when we get saved, and that is eternal life. Now, if you can lose it, then it never was eternal. Eternal means unending, it means that it goes on infinitum agnosium with no end. So if you can lose that, then you need to throw the baby out with the bathwater and simply to say, God didn't mean what he said when he gave us eternal life. And Jesus said in John 10, I give to you eternal life and no one will plunk you out of my hands. And uh, the, and the Greek is that no one, anyone, no one will be able to, uh, plunk you out of my hands. That means the, the devil, the flesh, and the world, and the Antichrist, no matter what comes up against you, because when you're a true believer, 
you repent of sin and God forgives and he restores. And then also uh, John 6 and 37, uh, it simply says, Jesus said, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Now, we got to believe Jesus' promise. He promised that uh, if you come to him and you mean it, he will in no wise cast you out. And I would encourage you also to do an exhaustive study of, I say this last point, an exhaustive study of Romans chapter 8, because there Paul hits the proverbial theological nail on the head when he simply says, who shall separate us from the love of God in Christ? And he gives this long list, so I encourage you to read that. He gives this long list of all sorts of things in terms of persecution, trials, tribulations, famine, and all these things he lists. And he says, we are more than conquerors. He didn't just say we are conquerors, amen. That makes me want to shout and jump up for joy right now. We're not just conquerors. We're more than conquerors through Christ. So look at Romans chapter 8 and think about that thing of eternity. He says, John 3 and 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He said, whosoever believeth in him should not perish. When we, when we hear people say, you believe in Jesus and you will perish, that's contradicting what Jesus said. He's the greatest authority on that. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He's giving you an encouraging word, Jesus, not perish and have eternal life. And that's the best thing I can say to you, give you the greatest authority on this, and that's Jesus. Anybody that would contradict him, you don't listen to. Listen to Jesus, because he's the best person to listen to, and he knows what he's talking about, because he's God in human form. So hopefully that helps out. And uh, you need more information and want to talk more about it, you can always connect with us during the week, and we'll make sure that we give you additional counseling around the situation. So, and so what we're going to do right now is ask Brother Gary to pray around this situation, and uh, you know, we'll go from there. All right. So, Lord, we just ask by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would lead this individual into all truth. Lord God, open his eyes to what is truth, help him to understand your word, yes. enlighten him, and be with him, and guide him. And Lord God, give him peace in respect to this situation, and let him not have doubts about his own salvation, knowing that nothing can separate him from the love of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Brother William, thank you so much for your call and your question, and hopefully this information and inspiration has been a help. Oh, it's been a great help. And I, uh, I'm i going to talk to him after the show. After, after the show is finished, I'm going to give him a call. Beautiful. Let us know how it turned out. Appreciate mm -hmm. you, brother, and uh, all your all right, love. Thank, thank you, as always. Amen. Mm -hmm. and, if he, and if he has qu continuous questions, have him call us. That's it. Yeah. Nope, no Amen. problem. Yeah. All righty. Well, God bless you, brother. Thank you for calling. All right, let's get ready to go to Cece, who's been waiting patiently. Cece, how you doing? All right, how you guys doing? 
Well, brother, we are truly blessed and highly favored in the Lord. And uh, God is good and worthy to be praised. Uh, let's get uh, to your uh, question. And uh, so we can use our time wisely. We have one more call that we're going to try to squeeze in. But what's on your heart tonight? Um, you remember you said last week you was going, uh, we was talking about the Macarena Baroque, but you said you was going to continue on it because it was like toward the end. It was like only a few minutes left. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We, we thank you for so much for calling back in about that. Uh, let me just give a little more insight around the situation here. Have you ever done any study on the Maccabean brothers? Maccabean? Oh, yeah, I have. Oh, good, good, good. Keep keep doing that. Uh, but do you know what the word Maccabean mean? That I don't. Okay. Maccabees come from the Hebrew word hammer because they were uh, uh, to strike hammer blows against their enemies. So uh, Maccabees come from the Hebrew word hammer because they were to strike hammer blows against their enemies. And let me just say this in a nutshell to you, um, that uh, when we think about the the uh, Maccabean revolt, uh, the Maccabean revolt was a Jewish rebellion lasting from I would say 167 to 160 BC, uh, led by Maccabees against the Seleucian Empire and the Hellenistic influence of the Jewish life. Uh, the revolt was launched by the priest Matthias uh, and later led by the three sons, Judas Maccabees. Uh, Matthias was held in as high esteem by the villagers and uh, they ordered him to begin a sacrifice offering to pagan idols. And what they did was they promised that in return, he and his sons would be admitted to the circle of the king's friends. Matthias refused outward, and uh, he ended up, he killed a Jew who obeyed the command, and then one of the king's men. And then uh, they... Uh, they took a flight to the mountains together with the sons and their friends. And this marked the beginning of the uprising of the revolt. And uh, then uh, tragedy started happening uh, to the sons. Uh, the father got away up in the mountains. Uh, but also, uh, you probably want to do some study on Antiochus Epiphanes uh, during that 400-year uh, period who came into the temple and commanded the Jews to stop the sacrifice. Now, this is what we call the abomination desolation back then, uh, and commanded the Jews to make a sacrifice with a pig to the pagan god Zeus, and they refused to do that. So they, uh, Antiochus went on a slaughter thing. He was a type of Adolf Hitler of the day. So hopefully that gives you a little insight Keep studying it. We appreciate the way you study and you try to learn. And uh, keep on studying. Keep on with the questions. Do you have any prayer requests? Yeah, if you guys can just pray with me. Uh, pray for me. Um, just for my health and, and my studies. You know, my studies that I've been doing. I've been doing a deep study through Romans, Revelation, and Daniel. And I just want God to help me retain a lot of the information I'm studying because I got a lot of information I'm studying. And it's kind of you know I don't want to I want to be able to retain it, and just pray that you know for my mother, my father, and my family, 
and um, just lift up um, again. My uh, I have a friend uh, who has a mother who has um, was it um, schizophrenia, and they and they won't eat, and it's, it's really really hard for her. So we want to pray that God will, will help her with her condition, and then just in general, all the select, all the all the people in the entertainment world. All right, well let's do that and uh, keep on studying, my brother. Let's do that, okay, Gary. Try to squeeze okay, it. let's pray, Lord. We just pray for specifically uh, this person with schizophrenia that's uh, forgetting to eat. You know, it's a common thing that we hear about, and Lord God, but you are able to heal. You are able to set people free from these situations where they have been bound, Lord God. And we just pray for deliverance in this situation. We pray for CC's family, his mother. We pray for the celebrities over the years that he's been uh, constantly interceding for, that they would be uh, touched and saved. They would hear the word and respond, that the Holy Spirit would soften their hearts, and that they would come to a saving knowledge of you, Lord Jesus. Continue to bless CC as he studies your word. Continue to give him favor in, in his studies and help him to retain the word of God. Help him to retain, Lord God, the things he reads and, and that he uh, investigates and studies, oh God. We'll be careful to give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. Thank you, CC, for your, your call and your always good question. God bless you, brother. All right. We still got a little time to get Jermaine on. Jermaine, how are you doing? Oh, hey, I'm, I'm doing very well. Good, brother. Good to hear from you earlier. And uh, I'll be getting back with you. And uh, be sure to tell your friend, uh, to let me know what he's interested in and let me know and we'll try to accommodate uh, him in any way we can. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I look forward to uh, talking with you. And I know um, it's the end of the show, so I was uh, wondering if it would just be okay if I could just uh, give you a brief testimony and just get some prayer. Oh, yes. And, and, and your question on the spiritual uh, body we want to entertain that. What you do is call us in next Saturday, uh, and and what we'll do is put you at the top there so we can get to your question. I'll be ready. Um, but, yeah, okay. testimony-wise, uh, you know, uh, God's blessed me during this pandemic to where I've actually, because of working out of town, even though it's difficult being away from family, I've actually made more financially than I ever have in my entire career doing what I do. And I know that's all because of him. And I also have an opportunity to work out of town, but at least on the West coast, I can be closer to my family. And I just want to pray around that because it's, you know, it's very difficult when you have a family to, to be away, but I know God Tand is in it and, and uh, I'm just going to go with him. So, you know, I just wanted to give that brief testimony. And then also uh, I've been encouraged to give more and, I understand now it's all his anyway. So I, I can trust him. Mm-hmm. I just want to give that testimony and then, you know, get that prayer request here. Well, thank you so much, Brother Jermaine. It's always good to hear from you. And we're going to have Brother Gary to take your prayer request serious. And thank you for always hearing your wonderful testimonies. We get blessed by that. Brother Gary. All right. We just, Lord, we just thank you for uh, Brother Jermaine. We thank you for your hand upon his life, Lord God, that you open doors, Lord God, and and that you're allowing him favor with his situation. We pray, Lord God, that you continue to bless his family while he's away. And we just rejoice that you've been so faithful to him. And 
We pray that you keep him, strengthen him, and encourage him. And uh, we just pray that you would reunite him with his family sooner than later and that you would bless them and protect them while he's away. And we just pray that you would encourage Jermaine uh, that during those quiet and those lonely times, Lord God, he would look to you as well, Lord God, and not and not be discouraged. We thank you and praise you and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Brother Jermaine, tell your family, say hello, and God bless you, brother. Stay strong. I sure will. God bless, fellas. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. Well, all right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553. Tiburon, California. That's T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.